0: To the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode.
1: And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast, the podcast where we geeks drink, discuss our geekly topics of the week, and you know, let you know how we feel about things. Yes. All right. I'm your host, Matt. I'm Adam. All right, folks. Well, this is episode number 50. Yeah. Over the hill. <laughs> Over the hill. We are old now, officially, yeah. in podcast terms. We're just producing content. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, with episode 50, before we get into anything more additional, we do have a, a, a special drink for today. Yes. But before we talk about that, let's talk about where you can find us. You can like, follow, subscribe, comment, and I guess you can't call it tweet anymore. You can no, X it's me. X me. Yeah, X me. Oh, X me, baby. <laughs> um, so we're at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, X now. Yeah. Even though Twitter still leads to X. Yeah. Um, As well as lightmysaber.org. We'll have a sword fight we'll later. We'll have a sword fight later. That's what Adam wants to do. I'm not quite 100% sure where... where... Press the button and it extends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, good thing there's no Asian guys in this podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: now that we're so old that we should just be flaccid now. Yeah. Wasn't that the joke in the Family
1: Guy Star uh-huh. Wars? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was pretty funny.
1: Alright, folks. Well, um, but but make sure you give us a, a comment, leave a review. Um any of that stuff helps the algorithm and gets yeah. more discoverable for people. So just, you know. Tell your friends. Tell, Tell your, friends. your family. Yeah, especially after this week's episode, because this week we're going to go old school. Before we do that, let's talk about our Drink of the Week.
0: Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the Drink of the Week.
1: Alright folks, so for episode 50, we're bringing out some whiskey. Yes, and we special are whiskey special for whiskey. A special show. Uh, we have the Atomic Jones Old Fashioned. The, the family Jones. Or Automatic Jones. Automatic Jones, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Atomic and I can't read. Um, <laughs> but this, so this is a local Colorado company. They are a distillery um, and a cocktail restaurant here in town.
2: And they... I highly recommend yeah. if you're in town... Check them out, it's a really cool restaurant, great food, even better to drink. so.
1: Yes, and so we have their smoked old-fashioned today. Yes. It is, so it's a classic old-fashioned mixed with a little bit of smokiness into it, um, 40% alcohol, it's an 80 proof drink, mm-hmm. served over ice, and yep. so, cheers. Cheers, brother. Ooh. All right. Oh, yeah, that's good. That hits the spot. Mm -hmm. Nothing like a good old-fashioned. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. Oh, Cheryl, an (laughs) old-fashioned. With that out of the way, it's time to talk about our topic of the week.
0: What are the geeks going to talk about this week?
1: All right, folks, and this week we are talking about the OG in the room, the one... The only Star Wars, the original trilogy. Yes. And so, and I think the reason we're we're going to talk about (inaudible) this (inaudible)
2: is,
1: (inaudible) you know, when we talk about what made us geeks and and what keeps us in fandoms, this, for our childhood, I think we both can agree, is like the OG got me to be a nerd. Yeah, well, that's
2: actually one of my things I wanted to ask you. When did you, like, when do you think you first saw
1: I would say I probably the fought the first, the OG truly at least as early as 95, 96. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, VHS era. Mm-hmm. I remember it was the special edition because every time you put it in, because you had rewind it, there was at least 20 minutes of a documentary before yeah. every movie.
2: Well, I think it was kind of, they had, oh, I forget what it was called, but I know when they released the original um, VHS run, you could get like... Uh, a documentary one that was called like From Star Wars to Jedi, yeah, um, and then that was kind of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But they kind of added them into the tapes afterwards, just so people could have that um, experience. Now they released a few versions of this on VHS, so they yeah. had the first with the un. Yes,
1: so if. The original OG version has been released um all the way up until ninety-six. Yes. After ninety-six it became these changes, which we'll discuss yeah. a little bit more yeah, as we get it going.
2: They also had they had kind of a stop one, like where George Lucas just went in, like, cleaned things up, put some like THX sound in it, yeah. but it was still like the original stuff. And then the re-release where George added a bunch of crap to it. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I grew up watching these films. Like my dad didn't put me in front of like Disney cartoons. He put on Star Wars or Indiana Jones just because that's the stuff he liked to watch. And so if he was at home with us, we'd just be watching Star Wars. So I always—I can't even remember the first time I e- had even seen Star Wars because they all came out after I was, or like before I was born. So I was like, "Oh, I, I like these." <laughs> so they—they they were my Disney movies. Now they are Disney movies. So how the turntables have turned the tables. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it's funny to say, you know, you know, this is our kids movie growing up, along with other classic kids movies. Off topic for 10 seconds, I did make my daughter watch another movie we grew up watching a lot as kids, and that was a Goofy movie. Oh, yeah.
2: i sure, that's a good
1: one. I'm sure when Megan hears this, she's going to be like, ugh, because she hates Goofy. Oh, really? Yeah. I always like Goofy. he is, according <laughs> to her,
2: the most annoying character in Disney. <laughs> uh but that had the uh, famous Powerline, yes, song did. that's like making a huge comeback right now. Yes, it
1: was fantastic. Yes, yes. So, all right, folks. Well, yeah. So we're talking about Star Wars here. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of facts about the original trilogy. Yeah. So A New Hope came out
2: 1977. Yep. Um, George Lucas was the writer and director, and story credit. T- t- yeah. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, this one was the the thing that kickstarted it
1: all. <laughs> yes, and so we've got so we've got Star Wars: The New Hope, which was retitled in New Hope after Empire came out.
2: Correct, Empire.
1: Empire uh, came out in eighty. Yeah,
2: nineteen eighty, and then uh, Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi, as it was originally titled, originally yeah. titled, um, but they changed the name because they didn't think Jedi's were vengeful. But uh, that came out in nineteen eighty
1: three. Yeah. So, the budget for the three movies was $76.5 million. Is
2: that inflation? Like no, that for- was... Okay, just back yeah, then. Back
1: then. Okay. Adjusted, not just for inflation, but including all the re-releases and everything mm-hmm. else, it has made $1.79 Just yeah. these three. Yeah. Not but the it's... franchise, these three.
2: <laughs> the franchise, I think, Force Awakens made a billion dollars at the box office. we yeah. But we're, we're not going to talk about the the prequel trilogy too much or the sequel trilogy we'd be here all day but um but yeah
1: let's let's kick it off with a new hope yeah so and we'll obviously talk a lot about the same um, characters over and over again and same actors just because of mm-hmm. um who they who they are and yep. what they've done um so obviously you've got the three protagonists you've got Luke played by Mark Hamill Harrison Ford playing Han Solo and the late great Carrie Fisher playing yep. Princess Leia Organa.
2: Yeah, I still miss her. She was so much fun. You should check out her books. There, like, there's one called "Wishful Drinking."
1: Yes, that's a was... bonus rack. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She was the uh, unfortunately had a lot of substance abuse issues in her later, later life yes. and um, being the having some mental illness and health issues, but funny yeah. as hell. Oh yeah,
2: and so um, Carrie Fisher is the daughter of. Debbie Reynolds and Tony Curtis. Yes. So, kind of grew up in a celebrity family. And then yeah. I think Tony Curtis left.
1: When she was very young, yes. Yeah.
2: Like, cheated on Debbie Reynolds.
1: Yes. Which, how can you cheat on Debbie Reynolds? No, 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 sorry. Her father wasn't uh, Tony. It was Eddie Fisher. Was Eddie Fisher. Okay, sorry. That's okay. Um, but she was married to Paul Simon for a little while. Oh, yeah. For a, a year. They, they had, had a, a uh,
2: it was kind of an on and off relationship, but they were both like really, really bad for each other, according to like her, her books. Um, but anyway, so those are our three characters, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia. Yeah.
1: With a fun assortment of other characters that we will obviously bring up. You've got Darth Vader um, Who's voiced your? by James Earl Jones, but not yep. played by James Earl Jones. David Prowse.
2: David Prowse was the man in the mask. Yes,
1: yes, you've got Chewbacca played by... Walt, uh, Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew, I was going to call him Walter Matthew. Also,
2: rest in peace, <laughs>
1: Peter Mayhew. We lost him
2: oh. a while back. That was really sad.
1: Yes, um, you also have um, Emperor Palpatine in the second two, technically the last one originally, um, by Ian McDiarmid. Because, yeah, in. In, in the original Empire Strikes Back. It was a lady with chimpanzee superimposed over it.
2: Yeah, and voiced by someone else. Yeah. But they they both went uncredited, but
1: yeah. yeah, and then you also have um C3PO played by Anthony Daniels, R2 D2 at the time was a little guy in a, in mm-hmm. a bot, Tony Baker. Anthony mm-hmm. Baker. Um I will find out momentarily, yeah. folks. Um and then you also have the late great uh, oh, Kenny Baker. Sorry, sorry, to Kenny Baker. Uh, you also have the late and great Obi-Wan Kenobi, yep. played by Sir Alec Guinness.
2: Yep. So, funny story. Apparently, uh, Alec Guinness, he was a big-name actor before this. Oh, um, he was... He, him
1: and Peter Cushing, who was also in this. Yeah,
2: and it's like, both of them were extremely, like, seasoned veteran actors. But uh, Alec Guinness, uh,
1: after... A New Hope didn't want to do them anymore. No. He was over it. He was like, this isn't kind of what I want to do as an actor. Yeah. Um, But he did the other two for continuity's sakes. Filmed his scenes in one day. (laughs) Yeah. And he also um, was very smart with foresight. He thought the movies actually were going to do pretty good, even though most people thought the films would bomb. Mm -hmm. And so he had a 2.25% gross Mm -hmm. revenue deal with Lucasfilm for this, for royalties.
2: And so, there was also very famously, like, like they said, studios and a lot of people thought this was these movies wouldn't really go anywhere. So George Lucas, I think, had a deal with the studio where he retained the merchandising.
1: Yes, rights. and the only reason they made this film, the first one, was because they had bought his option for um, a second film. This had to be the film when they did American Graffiti. Yes and uh which is another the, american film classic. Yeah. I don't know Harrison some people
2: Ford. some people like it, some people don't. Like it's a little polarizing, I yes. think. But um I don't know. I thought it was fine. But uh yeah, so that I think American Graffiti was Harrison Ford's first major film major role. film yeah. and then right after
1: that he George wanted him for this. Yes, so yeah, so a New Hope, eleven million dollars it cost to make. Ah. Eleven million seven hundred and seven seven hundred and seventy five point eight million was the revenue hmm. on this film so far. Um yeah, so New Hope is that classic Heroes. Hero joy. Yeah. Well, it's just a... the New Hope itself, I mean, you talk about it and it's had they never made another Star Wars movie, it would have been a stand good standalone movie. Yeah. Um, the way it was built. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, I remember watching this film and just. There's not a point in this film like there is in other Star Wars films, including some in this trilogy, where it's like, okay, well, here comes a part where I'm like, yeah, I really don't care, blah, 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 blah. This was just like fun adventure. Not even so much action, just adventure yeah. from start to finish. Um, can get low, I, you know, in hindsight now as an adult. There are some clunky moments, but I think you realize that being it's a film from 1977.
2: Yeah, and early stuff for George. Um, Yes. And, uh, yeah, working with a bunch of young actors and some veterans as well. But, um, yeah, George was a little, apparently, out of his uh, depth a bit with this movie, I think. Yes. He He had an idea. And apparently rumor is when he originally was showing like his original cut um, before all the rumored re-edits um, it w- did not go over well <laughs> with the studio so no,
1: um, they were very questioning of what the hell this is because it was very from my understanding it was the story was very hard to tell the way he had it cut the first time Yeah, um, he had a lot of weird edit choices Weird dialogue, which is indicative of anything George Lucas is a screenwriter on.
2: Yeah, I mean he's a he's an interesting screenwriter, like, but he's not a good director in my mind. Agreed, because um, he he doesn't really work with his actors, yeah, very well. And then every project he's kind of worked on, like for this trilogy, he had a writing credit, but you notice it's you have other writers? Yeah. You know, um, Lawrence Kasdan was a big one. Lawrence Kasdan, he wrote um, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And then went on to write a ton of Star Wars content. Ezra's
1: um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Um, he wrote uh, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Solo. Um, let's see. Silverado. I didn't know he wrote Silverado. Yep. If you wow. look at his, like, credits, it's
2: insane. Like, some yeah. of these uh, people that they got to kind of help the project along um, to kind of build this world. And it's like, yeah, you have to thank George for the initial idea and initially getting it out there. Um, but I definitely think George is a much better as a writer and producer and have other people around that can actually, yeah. like... Kind of say, hey, George, this doesn't make sense or this shot doesn't make sense. So going back to the a New Hope, apparently, yeah, it was just a mess. And so they had, um, I believe it was his ex-wife. Yes. Who came in and re-edited the film. And that's the one we got. Marsha Lucas. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's, yeah, a lot of people say like it was saving and editing Um, saved by the story saved by that but not necessarily saved by George Lucas's directing but still a great way to break in and like break us into this universe Um, I know George was really inspired by the classic hero's journey or the the man with a thousand faces the Joseph Campbell studies of kind of classic stories like mythology and that classic kind of hero doing its thing um, and learning, developing even like tales of old, like medieval knights
1: and samurais. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's really interesting just how Lucas used these films as a springboard to create technologies and, and production companies that Hollywood desperately needed that he knew they needed but yes. Hollywood didn't. So you talk about they created um Industrial ILA. Light Magic, yeah. yeah. And uh Skywalker Sound. Yeah. Um Skywalker Ranch came as director for all the profits of this movie. Yeah. Which is his ranch where he basically housed all these entities to make movies.
2: Yeah. And then like this is really big puppeteering and practical effects. For this what, film. For the first three for the original ones. Yes, so um I actually have a copy of, on three Blu-rays of the original like de like de upgraded ones yeah,
1: before he inserted the new graphics and yeah the plot element of of the Hutt mm-hmm. um in the first film and yeah um, so let me let me ask you this before we dive into the next two films uh, about this film and sp- specifically. Mm-hmm. Do you think had Lucas had one of his friends direct, which he tried to do for other films, mm-hmm. would it have been as successful? Um, or do you think this was the right circumstance for him? Everything was, it was the perfect storm, per se, for him to make a successful film.
2: Yeah, I, It's hard to say because... If it is true that a lot of this was saved by editing, a more competent filmmaker may have been able to avoid some of the clunkiness. Um, uh, kind of maybe take some sort of, whatchamacallit, like uh, creative liberties with some of the script and stuff like that. So, But when it's like, when George is the writer and director... He was like, everyone has to say the lines exactly the way it's printed. Um, he wasn't very good at directing his actors. It's uh, the faster, more intense would be the only thing that he would say is like, oh, I want you to do it again, but faster and more intense. And it's like, that's not as an actor. Um, that's not good feedback. Um, but yeah, it it all worked out, I guess. So it's hard to say and not having been on set and yeah, and not seeing a lot of that hidden like this mysterious hidden cut that George had and it's really difficult to say, but I know I think Brian De Palma was one of the directors he showed and and, and Spielberg. Yeah. And I think Spielberg was a little kinder, but Brian De Palma was like this is dog shit. <laughs>
1: What? Yeah, and and so as we dive into the next two films a little bit, yes. um, interesting trivia here on this one, folks. I'm not sure how many people knew this. So he really wanted people like Spielberg and his friends to have a, a film in this franchise to direct, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of his also envisioning that this was going to be a franchise that had lots of different visionary and directors mm-hmm. take the helm he couldn't because of his insistence of the opening crawl that we're all mm-hmm. used to but it violated the Director's Guild yeah. contract and so because he had to show the director in the opening credits but since mm-hmm. he had no opening credits they were like well we, you can't use um, members of the guild to direct your films yeah which Lucas was never a card carrying over of oh there you go yeah One of the is now <laughs> mm-hmm. when's the last time he directed uh... Did he?
2: He didn't direct Red Tails. He just produced it. And yeah, was, I think that episode three was sucked. the last one he directed. But yeah, probably. I, I know. Apparently, he has like all these projects he wants to do,
1: but he's got tons of money to do it now. Oh yeah, because he is technically semi-retired. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you don't want to,
2: you can just chill. So
1: I guess if you're like not feeling like working. <laughs> if you don't feel like working, just go ahead and retire. Yeah, when Disney pays you twelve billion dollars for your yep. films. Yeah. So his last directing credit was Episode Three in two thousand five. Well, there you go. Technically, he's only directed five, six films, and four of them were Star Wars. Yep. So, um, all right. So you know, you talk about you know the original trilogy. Obviously, I think the most polarizing fan uh, polarizing film in the 3 and tends to be a fan favorite is Empire Strikes Back.
2: Yes, it's got a lot darker um kind of this is like you had your big triumphant moment at the end of New Hope, now it's time for the empire to step in. And yeah. They, they literally need struck to take back. a darker turn and but uh, the thing I always loved about Empire was yes, the darker tone. But I also liked Luke kind of furthering his Jedi training, and um, that was always an l- interesting thing for me. So
1: yeah, it was um, definitely a. It definitely goes. I think it talks about how we as an audience view films now because you have this. If, this expectation that the third the second film in the trilogy is gonna be the darker, yeah, oh shit kind of film. Um and you know, when you talk about Empire Strikes Back, you definitely have that feeling and, and watching it even now, but watching it as a kid going, These guys could die. Yep. This there is some real peril for the characters. Mm-hmm. There's some real um there's a real sense of danger. Yeah. Um You know, you have that dramatic moment where Luke loses his hand. Mm -hmm. You have that dramatic moment where... And the most badass moment in the film when Han's being frozen in the carbonite and Leo's like, I love you. And he's just like, I know.
2: And that was improvised, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, Because apparently Harrison Ford wanted to be killed off.
1: Yes. In this one. He didn't want to make the third one. He wanted... And even in the third one, he wanted Han to die early. Yeah. And... George was
2: like, no, I still have things for him to do. Yes. Um, Which he finally got his death in episode six, yeah, seven,
1: seven. Not that that one sucked. That hit the feels. Yeah,
2: but no, I I like just kind of the sense of peril, the sense of danger, and kind of seeing the Empire at like pretty much like their full kind of terrible power.
1: Yes, you you have the the full might of the Empire coming down. Um you know, you get your your really, I would say your true introduction to lightsaber combat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it had it in in the New Hope, but it was it was kind of clunky in terms of state, it's, it's sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with Al Guinness, not a prolific swords fighter.
2: True, but I kind of liked that because it was like, okay, this is Obi Wan literally at the end of his life. Oh yeah, and he knows that he's going to make this sacrifice,
1: and so he's just. Messing with yeah. Vader,
2: and he's just an old man at
1: this point. Which, So let me ask you this question now. We'll pause that thought and, and add this on top of it. Watching all the Star Wars content we've had today, including the Kenobi series, mm-hmm. does that make that fight more impactful? Knowing the two times we've seen on screen Kenobi fuck up Vader. Yeah.
2: Um, I think it was more... It does make that moment very impactful because I think he's at peace yeah. with the Force and with everything. So I think it adds to that. Um, and yeah, it's like the the Kenobi series and Revenge of the Sith where they're pretty like evenly matched. But
1: Kenobi has the high ground.
2: Yeah, and he, I think he's more in tune with the Force.
1: Oh yeah, he's definitely... <clears throat> As we've learned through subsequent media and and shows and so on and so forth, he's communed more with the Force, mm-hmm. as it was meant to be communed with um, after all the events of Revenge of the Sith and, and the Kenobi series. Yep. Um, so, getting back in a little bit more into Empire Strikes Back, what do you think, and this is another polarizing uh, argument, what do you think about Luke... Killing the uh, the cave beast, I can't think of it. Oh, name. the Wampa. Did the Wampa?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was, he was trying to save himself, and I think yeah, because in the original, he originally just cuts his arm off and then flees.
1: Yeah, and then um, they remastered it to where he actually offs it.
2: Yeah, but
1: I did like how they
2: did the Wampa in the original, where it was like you only see like the like hairy <laughs> head that roars and. The hand. Yeah. And I think that's all they had. Well and they
1: had the feet like shuffling by as yeah. so it was walking towards them like yeah. off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Um I will say this, my favorite parody spoof of that is a someone slices in the uh the Donald Snowman from Rudolph Rednose Reindeer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be kind of funny. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, this film you have the debut of Frank Oz joining joining the cast as, as uh, I was going to call him Baby Yoda, but regular Yoda. Yes, um, just Yoda. Just Yoda. <laughs> Non-CG, all-puppet Yoda.
2: Yep. Frank Oz uh, did all the puppeteering. Apparently, George asked Jim Henson to do it, and um, Jim Henson was working on another project um, at the time and couldn't do it. But he was just like, hey, I got this guy Frank Oz. And apparently, whenever Mark Hamill was having, like, a hard time on set, because he was having to, like, run, 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 right. jump. Yeah. You can be a backpack while you run. Um, but apparently, if he was having a moment, like, Frank Oz would bust out Miss Piggy and start talking to him. <laughs> and so it was, it was kind of cute, because, you know, those scenes were really, like, mostly just Mark Hamill and Frank Oz.
1: Yeah, I mean... And Frank Oz and himself is a prolific um, puppeteer. Um, he's like he at Miss Piggy. He's been on the Muppets. He's been on Sesame Street. Yep. He's been Yoda. He still has been Yoda for mm-hmm. the most recent incarnation of Yoda. Um, he is a good director.
2: Yeah. And yeah. So I, I I think Frank Oz, like for me, I really liked that the training sequences and him learn like them learning how to use the force more, but because he didn't complete his training and ran off to save his friends, that's when, you know, you see Vader more as a threat because it's like Vader's pretty much toying with him. Yeah. throughout That entire fight. But there's that big reveal, um, which was not in the original script because they wanted to keep it all secret. Um, so it's like Harrison Ford didn't even find out No, I think that. it was
1: only uh Mark Hamill, yeah. Lucas and
2: yeah, that was it and, and
1: obviously David uh James Earl Jones yeah. when he did the post production but yeah, on set it was Luke yeah. killed your fa- or not Luke Obi-Wan killed your father. Yeah. And so
2: but yeah, they were like we're
1: going to do another take but you got to react like this. This is what he's really going to say in post production.
2: Yeah. And so Apparently, yeah. like, Harrison Ford was at the premiere, and they were sitting, all of them together, and, like, Mark Hamill tells the story really well. He's just, like, once that happens, Harrison Ford leaned over and was like, kid, you didn't tell me that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, so pretty much it's like, yeah, Darth Vader is Luke's father, which was a huge, huge twist. I think yeah. one of the first big twists... I know. But it was like the first big twist I think in any
1: movie I'd really seen up until that point. It's the big twist that people refer to when you talk about twists in yeah. films. Um it's it's that moment. Um and a lot of films have tried to emulate that big twist in, in the middle of the trilogies. Mm-hmm. Um even so much so you try to have that twist a little bit in the uh the sequel trilogy in yeah. uh Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. With with Snoke dying and, and that and that kind of twist, oh, we, we killed the big bad. Yeah, well, it's not really the big be, bad. We could do a whole thing on the sequel trilogy, <laughs> which we will.
2: Because I don't, soon, I, think. I don't think they really had a good roadmap for those ones. Um, but anyway, but yeah, and then you had the uh, famous uh, brotherly love scene, <laughs> which that's a question. Do you think George had it written out where Leia would kiss Luke and then find out in? Jedi died. no no
1: as much as Luke or not Luke uh, Lucas says that he has all these things still planned out yeah he definitely doesn't um, you know does did he have a loose idea of what a
2: like where it was going yeah but or,
1: and he also you know you hear many interviews he like oh I had the prequel trilogy written before the, sequel, the original no you didn't mm-hmm. You you had a loose idea of where things happened before, yeah. Because the they mentioned the Clone Wars, and yeah. But you ben didn't Hire have and... all this fleshed out. Yeah, I, I think it's... Just, just like he'd always said, he will never make a sequel trilogy. Then when he they when Disney bought it, he's like, well, here I had a sequel trilogy written. It's like,
2: yeah, I <sighs> I highly doubt that he knew where it was going. But yeah. I will say, like, um, the ending of this of Empire was spot on. Oh, yeah. Still ended on, like, a hopeful note. Lando and Chewie are gonna go try and Oh, yeah, I forgot home. which bench we had Lando yep. introducing this guy. Billy
1: film. D. Williams. Billy D. Williams, the smoothest guy yeah. in space. Yep. Hello, what have we here?
2: <laughs> but, um, but yeah. You get, like, some new characters, new betrayals, new new force powers that yeah. you see, and cuz really it's like you only saw like in like in uh New in Hope, Hope. You did like the choke the force choking yeah, and stuff like that. You didn't like see that.
1: the force push, the force jump. Yeah. Um we don't see lightning to the next in the next film. Yes. Um
2: but yeah, no, I I still I would stand by saying this might be my favorite one, but I actually think our next film, Return of the Jedi, really? is, that my, is my personal favorite. We're not
1: doing hot takes yet, but that's a I, hot take look I because know, a lot I of people feel this is the weakest of the three.
2: Yeah. I um, I would say
1: I don't think it's the weakest of the three, but I don't think it's the strongest anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the story. Okay, and fair enough. Just, Adam, you're just just be honest, you really like the Ewoks. You want to have a pet Ewok mm-hmm. at home. You totally. want to have a little yubnub.
2: Yep.
1: Um so, yeah, we're getting into the third film of this trilogy, Return of the Jedi, so um, Richard Mark is the director, yep. um, you've got Lawrence Kasdan back with the writing credit, yep. same cast, we don't really have any big additions besides, in the original cuts, of Boba Fett. Yes. And, well, yeah, Boba Fett, last one, sorry, yeah. Jabba the
2: Hutt. Jabba the Hutt, finally kind of... Makes his presence zone even though they kind of mention him in the background. In the like, first two. In the I first have two, a bounty yeah. on my head, and Jabba's put it there. and But, um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, this one, I, I like it a lot because I feel like it's kind of brings things full circle.
1: It did. If we'd never had another Star Wars film, it would have been <clears throat> a good ending. Oh, yeah. As There's a little a, button on the series. Yeah, as a consumer media, of course, we we want more. Yeah. And more, or and more. They just are or is it like studio greed? Yeah, and that we'll get into that here in a minute. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so this one you've got, you know, it's obviously that Harkening back a little bit to the new hope in terms of the hero's triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, this one definitely has a little bit more of that dark tone as well because mm-hmm. you've got Luke's temptation by the dark side. Mm-hmm. You you have that real sense of will he, won't he, you know,
2: can he kill his
1: father? Can he kill his father? What happens, and and here's a good what if. What if the film was written in such a way that Luke does kill Vader but takes his place? Mm-hmm. Like do you have another trilogy of Luke now as a big bad after you see yeah. him for two and a half movies being the big, the, the big guy? Yeah. Um, You know, you've got epic set pieces compared to the past few films. Oh you're, yeah. You're mm-hmm. on Tatooine, you're on Endor, you're, you're on Death Star, you're... Yeah. Uh, on all these epic, really cool spaceships. This is the first time you really saw a lot of cool spaceships.
2: Yeah, you get to see a lot more of the Rebel fleet. Yeah. Like, the Mon Calamari cruiser is pretty Um, cool. The B-Wing
1: is my favorite.
2: I I do like the B-Wing. I'm a big... (laughs) When these things came out, I had the toys. Yeah. So, you'd always get the thing of, like, what's like, what's the shit? And what's the lore? Or you yeah. get, like, the book and you read it. Or your,
1: the new Lego sets when Lego first was starting to be part of Star Wars. Yeah.
2: Or, like, the technical manuals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're, I'm like,
1: oh, this is so oh, cool. I remember the Hot Wheels miniatures. Big oh, yeah. 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 The Micro Machines. They were great, but... I have to yeah. get somewhere buried in, in this house somewhere. Yeah, probably. But Oh, they are. They're in a little container with mixed with Star Wars or Star Trek Micro Machines. Oh. Including some bronze edition ones where they just... Dying bronze. yeah,
2: like diecast or yeah. whatever they call them, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I just liked uh, this was kind of the big, a bigger expansion of stuff, and, um, yeah the, the fight on Tatooine starts off great. They rescue Han, but then they get caught again. Do you think that was all Luke's plan from the beginning? Because R two D two always had his lightsaber. Oh yeah, like, from the beginning. Um, and there was a, there was like a cut it, a cut scene of him building it, but. Yeah, um, because
1: it was lost, obviously, to the depths of Cloud City, only to be found in the next sequel trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's got a green blade, which I'm not, I, I was never a fan of him having a green blade. I, I liked
2: it, one, because green's my favorite color. Um, but if, if you look into the Star Wars lore, each color of the lightsaber is supposed to have like some significance yeah. to like what type of Jedi or Sith or whatever you are, and so I think uh, it's like they have the whatever the Jedi Guardians, which normally have the blue saber, and that's where you're like, oh, I focus more on combat. Then there's the Sentinels that normally have the yellow saber, and they're kind of the guardians of the Jedi yeah. way. And then the if you had the green saber. You're kind of more the like more in tune with the force, and because um, yeah, it's like that you find out like Yoda has a green saber, and uh, in the prequel trilogy, but it I think it made sense because it, it felt more like he's
1: grown. Well, and it's and you know and I always say it's the first time you've seen any other color besides blue and red at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, because you've only seen Anakin's blue and Obi Wan's blue, and then you've only seen Vader's red saber. Yeah.
2: And so, um, yeah, I just love the the set pieces that you can tell, like, the technology had, like, with the miniatures and the, like, kind of rotoscoping of stuff, like, definitely had come a lot further. Like, you could and see. Past, like,
1: four years, five yeah, years. It's yeah, because it one. came yeah. out, like, yeah. 83, so it's been six years.
2: Yeah, so it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I love the fact that everything's bigger. Everything's more...
1: Like, well, they had 40. a between a thirty-five and a forty-two million dollar budget. Before, yeah, which so. is you know only four times bigger than it was the first one. True,
2: because yeah, I I guarantee you, yeah, it's like they knew this was a franchise and it's making them tons of money. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I
1: making them nineteen eighty big bucks.
2: Yeah, and so I really I like this one. It was kind of like I said, it it felt like it brought everything full circle. I love the fact that the emperor was still like you get more of an idea that he's the one like pulling the strings and yeah, like, Vader's just
1: the 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 henchman yeah. almost.
2: And I think they you felt like that in A New Hope because you almost thought like Tarkin was kind of the more yeah um, the the boss the boss. I think even Leia says, like, oh yeah, I see. Grand Moff Tarkin's holding your leash. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you
1: you just get that to the point where he tells Vader to drop someone, and Vader says, "Okay, yeah, yeah." He stops force joking the crap out of yeah, some... and so
2: I liked I liked that. I liked them bringing back the Death Star. Oh, yeah. um, bigger, bigger, better. Not finished yet, but oh, that was a great
1: what a cool detail. Look.
2: Yeah, and um, but fully
1: operational.
2: Yes, I, I, I liked that because it made it seem like yeah that. The period between the Death Star being blown up and the return of the Jedi—it's like you know that Emperor and everyone would be working on a new one. Oh yeah, or even they were working on this one after that one.
1: So let me let me put my geek hat even on even harder. Okay. So in Star Wars lore, it took they were they were starting the construction during the Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. And obviously so, I've read quite a few novels the Tarkin novels and stuff like during the Death Star construction I mean that's the whole overarching you think they thing. had
2: a plan for a second one like were they were it? they already working on it were oh. they
1: working on a fleet of Death Stars okay was my question yeah. or were they like hey we figured out what the issues were let's just build it real quick real fast we can yeah. do this now in the Jeep yeah bring in the Wookiees bring in the Wookiees yeah um so of these three you know what we talked about your your favorite being Return Jet*. I think mine's still Empire Um, And like, when I say I think this one's my favorite, it's close. Yeah. It's it's 1A,
2: 1B, 1C kind of thing. Yeah, it's just sort of like I I think ultimately I'd like the story coming full circle. Okay. Um, It was kind of it was a good kind of after years of watching these films well, for me it was like I'd watch one, watch two, watch three and then, but I liked the kind of the release of like (sighs) It's over.
1: Yes, we won.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, all right, Adam. Um, before we jump into hot takes about this franchise or this this trilogy of the franchise, mm-hmm. if you were to play any character in the, in these, any of these three movies, not and we're not letting you be Han Solo. Why not? Because we all know that was the answer coming up. I can see it in your brain before you got there. I guess, like growing up, I, I liked Luke a
2: lot, but now that I'm older. Um, playing uh, probably Princess Leia. No, I'm joking. Or an Ewok. But no, I I just kind of like I've always liked Han Solo. But mm-hmm. I think as a kid, it's like I felt more like a hero waving around my lightsaber and pretending to be Luke. So I guess I could go with Luke. But if you, you know say I mean, if you say Han Solo, I'm gonna no. You I was gonna say notes, I would love
1: to be Billy D. Williams. Oh yeah. He, uh,
2: no, that's an interesting thing. Um, I guess Han never knew that Lando betrayed the Empire. Nope. He gave him to the Empire and sent him and was like, oh,
1: my friend just betrayed me. Yeah, and then he wakes up and he's there.
2: Yeah, so, and saving him on the... On the skiff. On the
1: skiff, yeah. The sand skiff.
2: Yeah, that was also... A fun little set piece. Oh yeah, the J- Jabba's palace, P- like whatever. Jabba's palace, and then the the whatever his imperial his his yacht, yeah, his imper- yeah.
1: is not imperial, but his
2: criminal yacht. I don't know what you call yeah. it. <laughs> but it was cool. Like I, I thought that was really awesome. There was just so many cool set pieces here, but um, I guess uh, I'll get into my hot take. Yeah, we can go ahead and jump into hot take.
0: What are they going to say this week?
2: Do you think George Lucas had the right to change so many things about these films after the fact? And or do you think these films should have been preserved as like how they originally like came out? Um, and then George could do whatever he wants, but it's like, you can't get the unaltered versions unless you do like I did and find some seller on Facebook
1: marketplace that did it. But, uh, what are your thoughts on that? So I, and we talked about this briefly just as we were talking about notes and what we were going to talk about in this episode. You know, I think as a filmmaker and as creative he ha- and, and technically owner of the rights to the film, he has every right to make changes and to update and, and add and, and edit the films as he pleases. Um, I think some of the things you discuss in this is like the special edition where he CGs most of the, the battle scenes and the fight scenes of, um, in, the, in, the, in space as a proof of concept to say, hey, this will work for my next trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll read you this little piece, because I knew you are bringing this up, so I wanted to tell you what he thought about this. So, uh, he talks about, you know, there's only going to be one final version of the films. So there's only be one cut called the final cut. Um, there's earlier drafts of this, and at some point you're dragged off of the picture, kicking and screaming. Someone says, okay, it's done. You can't really work on this anymore. And occasionally you can go back and I cut video out of there, and add audio enhancements, uh, so one's up being important in mind is that the DVD versions are going to look like this because that's what everybody's going to remember. Other versions disappear. Uh, there's 35 million tapes of Star Wars out there, um, and each one will last 30-40 years. 100 years from now, the only version of the movie that anyone's going to remember will be the DVD version of the special edition, and be able to, to uh, project it on a 20-foot by 40-foot screen of perfect quality. That's my prerogative as a director, not the studio's.
2: Okay. Well, here's where I get in on my soapbox. Um, okay, I, let me scoot it over here. And we'll <laughs> but um, you may a p- I do not Ron. believe that he had the right to do this because as, as something that like when you put a film out there, it's out there in the world. It's the final. It's like it's its final cut. And I know like studios interfere with films all the time. I mean, like, look at what happened with Solo, look at all these other films. But I think because these films have been like ingrained in my body since I was born, pretty much, I prefer the unaltered cuts. Now, that being said, I'm completely okay with George going in there like he did with the re release of like the first re release where. He didn't add new footage. He didn't add new, like, CG. He just went in and kind of cleaned things up. Improved yeah. the sound, like, things like that. But it's... He just... The whole, like, size noodles thing was, <laughs> like, so stupid. Because... Was so, in the... In Java's Palace, uh, remember that little musical number at the beginning? Oh, yeah, they did that one. Now, they redid it. And you can see, like, the actual prop of... Or, like, the practical Muppet of Slice Noodles. Yeah. And she has this big feather in her hair. But then in this legendary edition or the final cut, they have this stupid CG, like, thing that did... Like, song that did nothing. Didn't add anything to the film. So why do it that... Like, why do that? Um, Also there's a huge continuity error. Her feather's gone. (laughs) And I think they even cut back and you see it in the prop again. And I'm like, how can someone sit there and like, not notice that you're working for hours on this silly little scene. But um, I know the, there's a great documentary called the people versus George Lucas. And this is kind of the stuff that gets brought up and, the documentary is very good because it takes kind of both sides. It doesn't pick one. But my whole thing is, I'm just like, why add all this clutter and this crap? Like, we we don't need it. Like, I would say, clean things up, improve the sound. Cool. I want that version. But I don't want these crazy
1: like, added crap
2: that doesn't add so, anything to the let me ask you movie. this. Just
1: looking at some of these changes in every edition he's made. Um, in 19... In 2004, he released a original DVD. One of the changes he made was any place where it had Latin text, because that was the mm-hmm. the text you're using. they you changed it to the... Averish. average, which is the... Yeah. The made up language for... Or mm-hmm. written language. And that,
2: that's fine. Okay. Like, that's okay. But, like I said, like, there's that whole, like, speeder bike thing on most Eisley where the guy goes and like spooks the big yeah. thing and I'm like that's useless that's f-
1: f- but f- 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 so f- so I'll argue at this point I agree with some of those changes like like that change because it made Mos Eisley feel like more of a bustling spaceport mm-hmm. instead of this at the time you know he didn't have much of a budget to hire all these extras to, and costumes to costumes people so it felt kind of like a Abandoned spaceport, just a few ruffians. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like it truly is a a center of commerce for Tatooine and a hub. Yeah. So, and in my opinion, those those kind of changes, I'm all for. The Jabba scene in A New Hope, I think, was kind of pointless because it's it we, didn't it, add anything. Well, it added Other something. than the fact that you know that Jabba
2: is upset with Han, but you knew that when Greedo came in. Who shot and first, hand. Who shot first? Han technically shot first, but then, if you look... Re-edited, then, yeah. They re-edited it, <laughs> so he does this like weird head tilt thing, and then shoots. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: that's and useless. They, and it misses, yeah.
2: That um, was a useless thing. It, it Han shooting first was a better character choice for him. And that's... That's the thing. I'm like, why are you... why?
1: I and here's where I'm going to argue that I, where I agree with you, where I think some of these editing choices are not needed. So the Java scene. I think in terms of context of story, it, it adds a little bit something to it. What is distracting is that CG on top of 1977 film stock. Yeah. Really is a jarring look. Yeah. Um, now, in today's technology, they redid it. Maybe it'd probably look a little better. They could probably find a way to de-age Jabba or... Uh, <laughs> Or, or degrade the CG enough to yeah. make it look more like it fit in with that film stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are some of my... Those are the issues I have Like the but special edition. Like, where the CG on top of what was 1977, 1980s film technology, just it's too striking of a difference for me. Yeah.
2: Well, and my other point is he didn't direct the last two. No. Shouldn't the, that belong
1: to the directors? Their cut? It well here's where I also That's argue in the, terms of financing, in terms of ownership rights. I Lucas owned the way he wrote those contracts, he owns those movies.
2: Yeah. But now that he does not own those movies, I would love to see Disney re like release the original cut. They can now, because yeah. of their acquisition of uh 20th Century Fox. Yeah. And so I would like that. Um, I know a lot of... There's a rumor going around, like, a lot of these changes, these edits that he was doing was because his uh, ex-wife was the editor. And, For the first three, yeah. And so he was kind of trying to get back at her and have more control over what... and pay uh, residuals. Yeah. Um, so that's a rumor. We don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. I just don't... I prefer the original cut. Like go in, maybe clean some
1: things up, but don't. So you think about like the '95 version where it was the last, like truly? Yeah,
2: it was like the uh, story-wise. Yeah, so I I do that, but not the crazy silly stuff. I'm just sort sort of like you gotta at some point leave it alone. But I would love to see it if Disney can maybe put that as an option, like a special, like. Which version do you want to watch? And you could pick on like Disney Plus, or yeah. get a DVD set of where it has like all the
1: versions.
2: You know, what I don't
1: have I don't have all nine on a box set. No, I don't either. I have the th- the original, the prequel, and then the third, really just as they released. Yeah. Um. All right, folks. Well, um, let's get into another hot take on this. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up with this discussion, so hot take, Adam. Do you think there is too much Star Wars content now? Uh, yes, yes and no.
2: If if they put out content that is good, like quality, like the Mandalorian and Ahsoka looks pretty good and Kenobi, um, I like that. Um, I don't need a Star Wars kid show. I, I didn't really get into the Clone Wars or Rebels. You're um, lost. You're big I loss. know, but it's like, I don't need Solo. I don't need a Lando Calrissian TV series. It's like, I,
1: there's yeah. kind
2: of like, put something out that's like actual quality. Like, kind of less is more, if that makes sense. Like, and I think Marvel is kind of, they're realizing that they've been putting out so much stuff, and they can't keep the quality level at a certain spot. Yeah. So... Um, I think, um, Kevin Feige said that he would rather pull pull things back and use more time to develop. Um, and I mean, with the writer strike and the actor strike going on, it's like, you will have time, but no one's gonna be working on it at all. True. But you're gonna have a little bit more time in between projects now. But, uh, I just want it to be like better quality and like Less of it. What about you, Matt? What are what are your thoughts on that? Um. So
1: you know, I think I agree to a certain extent that it, it's got to be quality content. I mean, if we're punching out a series a year, a se- two series a year, I'm okay with it as long as it's quality and it furthers the story. <laughs> and it's not just. I like Solo. It was fun, but it wasn't needed. Yeah, is my thought. I enjoy watching Solo. It's a fun. Yeah, but everything adventure.
2: I needed to know about Han Solo was told to me during this
1: original trilogy, yeah, and I didn't need to see it. But I mean, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it, and it was a good adventure. Um, I disagree with you. Where I think you know, Clone Wars initially was kind of geared towards kids, but it yeah. definitely. But they have that up. other one where it's like
2: the kid pilots, and that, yeah. that's definitely the kid, kid. Jedi one. The, the yeah.
1: Tales of the not Tales of the Jedi, but Young Jedi Adventures or something. Young
2: Jedi Adventures. Yeah. But then there's also like, like first oh first Resistance Resistance, yeah. pilot, and it's a bunch of kids in
1: yeah that one. Like, uh, I watched a little bit of it. the animation bugged me. The animation style choices really bugged me. Yeah, um, it really didn't further the story. It was just kind of a. Standalone story, which was okay, mm-hmm. um, but I think Clone Wars Rebels were definitely great for furthering the story of. And we can argue this point when we talk about prequel trilogy later. Yeah, that Clone Wars wasn't needed, but it helped further Anakin's story. It makes his fall to the dark side much better. Yeah, in terms of story story choices, Rebels is great because it's that leading up to a new hope. It definitely it led up to Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't finished Andor yet, so I can't. I can't comment. Yeah, but I hear Andor's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched like the first three just because I haven't had time. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you have a two year old, people you have to pick and choose what content you consume when you fall behind, and it's always bluey. <laughs> well, it, it's when she falls asleep. What can I watch that I won't? I will not fall asleep to because I'm exhausted. True. Um, just like I still haven't finished the Lord of the Rings series. Oh, the Raising Amazon the one. Yeah. Oh, Okay, I haven't started it. Um, it was alright. It's, I mean, from what we've seen, it's good, but it's one of those series where it's like, I need to watch it again because there's so much that happens and so mm-hmm. much story that weeks between episodes for me, it just loses content. Yeah. Um, but that's a different story for a different time. I think that Star Wars has done the right approach, backing off the movies for a little bit and, mm-hmm. and creating some of these standalone stories that do interconnect in some in the grand universe, but we don't have to have this okay, we did a Mandalorian TV show and a Boba Fett and now we're going to have them do a movie together and mm-hmm. they're going to meet Luke Skywalker in the movie and it's going to be before Force Awakens. We don't need that. Yeah. I'm glad they haven't made that choice yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yet. Yes. it's the key word for any of these major make-a-buck franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my, my opinion on that matter. Okay. All right, folks. Well, this kind of wraps up our, our 50th oh, episode. Hold on. Okay, now might have, 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 have some news.
0: Up.
2: The Witcher uh The Witcher's uh production has completely been like postponed indefinitely. There oh. because this third season is doing so poorly and Henry Cavill's not coming back and everyone doesn't want to watch it anymore. Is it also because of the strike? Um, no, they they announced that before the strike was oh. going on. So um but yeah, it's a rumor but it, they're saying they're it's probably done. So I
1: bet you they still come out with another season if they've worked on some so know. far. I
2: don't know. I, I don't, mean, for Adam, it's done. Oh, it was done when I got to this uh, middle part of this third season because I started looking at the reviews of the rest of the like last three and they're terrible. And I'm like, well, why do I want to waste my time like watching that? I could watch something else. You got to
1: finish it. You got you committed.
2: No, I'm good. <laughs> Good. I'll just uh,
1: reread the books. All right, folks. Well, that's a discussion for another time. Sorry. Right. On our next geek tangent, um, just current events. Current events. Um, but before we wrap up this episode, now we've talked about uh, Star Wars, the OG trilogy for our 50th episode. Adam, it's time to give your geek wreck of the week.
0: It's time for the geek wreck of the week. What are the geeks going to recommend?
1: All right. Well.
2: Um, I would, it has to be a good geek wreck. It's your well, 50th gonna, wreck. Yeah, I'm going to recommend um, the new Jedi Survivor game that came out on okay. Xbox Series X and S and uh, PlayStation 5. Um, it's great. Great reviews. If you haven't played the first one, please go back play the first one. Um, play, play it first. first. Yes, but uh, if you're going to do this, uh, play the first one. Uh, definitely uh, get the current generation version because it runs a little sluggish on like PlayStation 4 and Xbox one um also I think they have this like it's like the next gen edition so it's like a little better visuals and stuff like that but definitely check those games out they' they're well worth it um especially if you like the uh that sort of I don't know what do you call it like the bloodborne the, Mhm demon souls kind of combat where it's very hard but very rewarding once you kind of figure it out so that's my rec.
1: All what right. about you Matt? Um, uh, my rec of the week is uh Oppenheimer. Ooh, last weekend. I, I still want to see it. It's I mean it's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, 3 hours. Really, yeah. It's really good. Okay. Um I mean stellar cast, great story because it it a lot of people think it only focuses on the creation of the bomb but You have to go into it, and this is not a spoiler, because obviously it's historical. Yeah. Um, But you have to go into this film knowing that it's going to take place as a series of flashbacks, almost. Mm -hmm. Um, It's during his um, hearing to renew his security clearance um, that was ultimately denied, and the political controversy of that Mm -hmm. whole thing, um, and it's told through that lens. Okay. Um, I will tell you a funny story about this. So we're sitting there. Only tickets we could get were for 9:45 a.m. at the AMC mm-hmm. um, that were not front row sitting together. So we're sitting there and we're halfway back and towards the middle. And there's a scene where Florence Pugh is topless mm-hmm. or, or completely naked. And then she there's a scene where she's having sex with Oppenheimer in a chair in and it's supposed to be stylistic where they're in the middle of this hearing. He's talking about his affair with her and she's just going to town on him. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to like a 10 year old kid <laughs> and he's just like oh, oh. and the dad's not censoring or anything and I'm just like this is more awkward for me now. Yeah. Sitting next to this kid just like oh my god there's boobies on the big big screen. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's my, my my funny take on that film but great film. Okay. Um, if this doesn't win all the awards I will be shocked. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, my rep for the last episode of the Barbie movie um, has... Crossed f- a billion dollars. Worldwide, a billion dollars. Take that,
1: patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Barbie world, people.
2: Yeah. So, All, All right. right.
1: <laughs> well, that wraps up our episode, um, 50th episode, talking about Star Wars, the OG trilogy. Thank you, folks, for tuning in this week, listening along as we discuss our opinions and hot takes and... and Truly, for I think both of us, a, a entry film into geekdom. Yes. Um, but before we leave your ear holes, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, comment, tweet, X us, whatever you want to do. Light your saber. Light that um, saber. <laughs> we are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I'm still calling it Twitter, Discord, lightyoursabers.org. We're all those places at Geek Drink Pod. So leave us a review, give us a comment. Uh, tell us what you think of this week's and the past week's episodes. Get that algorithm running through people's screens. And thanks you guys for listening. You guys have a great geek week. Take it easy.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.
1: has been another episode of the have a drink with some geeks podcast all content copyright keep drink pod 2023